I'm Abby Lee, and welcome to A Single Conversation, Single Thread Theatre's podcast dedicated to all things immersive. Here at Single Thread Theatre, we like to think that some of the best experiences are the immersive experiences, which is why Single Thread Theatre puts on plays in non-traditional theatre spaces in order to completely immerse the audience and captivate them within the world of the play. Whether you're a rookie or an expert of the immersive experience, keep listening because we're going to be talking with some other companies that provide immersive experiences in order to talk about the awesomeness and, we think, the importance of immersive adventures. Today we are coming to you from the Roxy Theatre, situated in one of my favorite places in Kingston, the Screening Room, and today I am very fortunate to be in the presence of Wendy, who is the owner of the Screening Room. To start off, if somebody came into the Screening Room and didn't know anything about it, uh, what would you tell them about the Screening Room? Well, I'd say the Screening Room is a a movie theater, and uh, you know everybody knows what a movie theater is, but we're an independent movie theater, so we're a little bit different than than say the Cineplex or the Landmark Theater here in Kingston. We get to choose what we play. We can play anything that we want. We we sometimes play films not because we think they're necessarily going to be big hits or big money makers, but because we think they have some kind of you know real cultural interest or cultural value, and we offer a more sort of specific to Kingston, kind of localized, intimate uh, experience. And also we host a lot of special events here. Um, you know, different community groups will rent our theater or make arrangements with us to, you know, play, do a one-off screening of a documentary or a film that's of a, you know, specific, you know, community interest. That is an excellent pitch. It definitely captures the essence of the screening room. I certainly love it. Everybody should go if they haven't gone. So the screening room is being used as the setting for Single Thread's upcoming production of The Flick by Annie Baker. We're really thrilled about it, Um, but when you were approached by Single Thread and they said, oh, we want to use the screening room as the setting for The Flick, um, did you already know a bit about immersive theater and what was the draw that encouraged you to say yes? You know, so recently, you know, at the screening room, we've renovated the space and we've made it, um, you know, bigger, better, it's just nicer, you know, our two new theaters, the Cameo and the Roxy are both very, very attractive, comfortable spaces that we're very proud of. And um, with the renovation, we're thinking, oh, you know, this, you know, particularly now they have three screens, larger and more open, where it will be easier for us to, to host events that aren't just film screenings we're interested we were th- thinking about the possibilities of doing you know hosting live theater here live music performance maybe podcast recordings spoken word events so yeah when i was approached by liam about the possibility of staging a, um, a play here at the screening room i'm like oh yeah absolutely <laughs> this is good this is one of the reasons why we renovated just so that we can we can um be a venue for things like this and the the play will be staged in the roxy theater which is my favorite of the three theaters it's a really gorgeous yes. space and i, I think it will you can be, attest it as yeah. an excellent space <laughs> <laughs> it will be neat to have people see, seated in the theater with the lights on for a live theater performance and of course the fact that it's not just a play but it's a play that's set in a movie theater you know mm-hmm. we're just like wow that's you know that's perfect we're a movie theater and where else when you stage, you know, in Kingston, like we are, we, it's neat to feel like we are the ideal place for, for staging this play. It's so true. I remember reading the flick for the first time. And as I was reading it, I'm like, oh, like I could see even more how perfect it was. Of course, there are some differences. I mean, in the flick, it's supposed to be sort of this like falling apart movie theater, whereas the screening room is not that at all. I mean, it is a gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous space. But um, one thing you're saying actually 
really drew my interest and you're talking about everybody sitting in here with the lights on. I'm wondering what kind of experience that is going to be like because I find so much of where people find comfort when they go to the movies is being able to sit and sort of be in that like cloaked in darkness and watch the movie and sort of feel safe and when the lights are on I imagine it's going to be a very interesting experience. <laughs> that is that is true because normally when you go to a movie theater you're used to having um, you know, a certain anonymity. You know, when you're watching a movie in the dark, you, you know, you may, you can laugh, you can cry, you can roll your eyes, you could have, you know, this sort of full range of emotional responses to what you're, you're seeing on the screen, and you don't have to worry too much about being seen or observed by anyone else. Maybe slightly uncomfortable, but I think in a enjoyable way to be sitting in a theater and to be an audience member in a theater while at the same time knowing that, you know, you know, that you could be, you know, observed by the actors and possibly the other audience members. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. So I think we were kind of touching on this right now, uh, but if I had to ask you what excites you about immersive theater, immersive experiences in general, what what kind of thing would pop into your head? Um, well, what excites me? I, I've gone to two kind of different uh, immersive theater um, productions. One of them was Ambrose, uh, that took place a few years ago at the Grand Theater, and it was very cool. It was really cool. Yes, I love to hear that. It's my favorite. <laughs> I think it is like the, the best sort of theater, um, live theater I've experienced in, in Kingston. And I've also seen Sleep No More and you know, in New York City, which is pretty mind-boggling. <laughs> oh and um, I can imagine. <laughs> and you know, with those it would both with both of those sort of immersive experiences, I guess what I liked about it was there's a sense of kind of danger. I guess, yeah, that invigorating uncomfortableness of not being, you know, in completely anonymous, of having some part to play as, you know, not just sort of a passive audience member, you have some part to play in the, in the theater experience, and you're just trying to figure out how to kind of act and behave in the situation and how to kind of make sense of, of this sort of both controlled but also kind of improvised thing that you're going through. You're paying this, not just attention, but like this hyper attention to what is, uh, to what's going on. Absolutely, because suddenly you have a stake in it and like you can't really doze off for anything in immersive theater because suddenly the actors <laughs> might be right there trying to interact with you and then everybody's focus is on you and that is part of how it is a little bit uncomfortable but yes it is so exciting and I like that even though you're saying sometimes it is uncomfortable you let me like you like the experience of being brought out of your comfort zone and I I certainly feel the same because it's very easy to sort of stay in the zone of what makes you feel comfortable but I find like going out of your comfort zone you really get to sort of like have these new experiences that maybe a bit uncomfortable also very exciting the ex the expectation I think as an audience member you're, it's a little bit different you're just the question is more like you know <laughs> the theater company is like all right show me what you got and let's see what happens rather than you know, let me observe, you know, a perfectly staged production. It doesn't seem like it's as perfectionist a paradigm. You don't want perfection demanded as you as a, as a audience member part slash participant. So I find like in turn, I'm not demanding perfection of the people staging the experience. It's more, you're just curious about what the, what's going to happen and about what the possibilities are. That, that's such an interesting thought. I love having these conversations because sometimes people will bring things up and like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of that before, but that's so true. And I'm going back to thinking of some of the immersive shows that I've previously seen 
And there definitely is a different expectation because like the world in and of itself is not supposed to be like this perfect world. And so when you're going in to see this other world in an immersive theater performance, it's right. You do expect it to be like a little bit more raw, maybe a little bit rougher around the edges. And I find that makes it sometimes even more perfect. I, I don't know if we've covered this a little bit already. You can tell me if we have, but what's an aspect of the immersive experience that you hope to see during the run of the flick? I think one thing that will be interesting is when people come to see the flick at the at the screening room, even when they enter through Princess Street, we can have, you know, the marquee will have like the names of the movies that are playing at the screening room as well as the flick listed. And it will feel like up into the point where the play starts, it will feel very much like you're going to a movie, not that you're going to attend a a live stage play. So, you know, people walk into the theater, you know, if they're buying their tickets the same day as the performance, they'll be buying them in the box office line at the same time that other people are buying tickets to the movies that are playing in our other two cinemas. People going to the flick will also be able to buy popcorn and snacks at the snack bar. And, you know, they'll be in the lobby along with other moviegoers. It's just that when they actually step foot in the theater, they're rather than seeing a movie, they're, they're going to be watching a play about people who work in a mo- at a oh, movie theater. That's so good. That's so exciting because it's like it's totally turning this expectation on its head. Perhaps there are going to be people who are more aware, like, oh, of course, this is a theater performance. But some might be coming in and not be fully aware that, oh, like, this is what I'm going to experience. And that can be pretty exciting and surprising in and of itself. And I think also be kind of interesting, too, now that I think about it, is once, you know, when we have the the actors here in the space, there's going to be both, you know, sort of the actors and people putting on the flick. But there's also going to be us, those of us who run the screening room, the staff here who are like, so you'll have people who work here at the movie theater, who care to run a movie theater. And then you have actors playing people who run a movie theater. So I think that that might lead to some interesting conversations. And I can say that the the staff here at the screening room are all very excited to to come and, and, and see the play. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can imagine. I wonder if some some of the people in the audience will think that some of them are actors or they won't quite be sure who is an actor and who isn't. Because I've definitely, <laughs> I've had that experience even going to an immersive performance and some of the people in the audience thought that I was an actor but I wasn't doing anything throughout it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, like, I, I'm flattered. It's such an interesting experience to not be able to know like what is more staged and what is real oh immersive experiences are awesome okay so for the next part immersive theater it encourages audience members to feel like they're part of the actual world as we've been talking about as opposed to sort of watching in more of a removed way but oftentimes i've heard that films are described as being these completely immersive experiences uh, as well, even though watching a film is very similar to watching traditional piece of theater where you are sitting from behind sort of the fourth wall of the film or the play. So why do you think that audience members are still so immersed in films, even though they're not actively participating in the film world? Mm-hmm. That, that's a good question. Yeah, that when you watch a movie, you you can become extremely invested in, in you know in in the film um especially when you think about like horror movies that you can be watching a horror movie and you can actually feel like unsafe that you are you know 
under threat. I mean, I, I was just, we've been playing the movie Hereditary oh here boy. at the studio, <laughs> which is a horror film. It's very it's quite a ride, yeah. And I was talking to uh, this one older, older gentleman after the film, and he said that he was sitting, you know, on an aisle seat near the door, should he need to, like, <laughs> bolt from the theater. And it's funny, because it's just, you know, it's just a movie, right? It's just mm. sort of, you know, light being projected on a screen and sound being piped into the theater and you know if you think about it for a few moments of course you know there's actually no threat but yeah i think of horror horror movies i think that they're, they can be one of the ultimate examples of just how you the audience member can feel invested and even threatened by what's happening on the screen but yeah there is also this way that you know as a you know movie theater audience member you know watching a movie you can both be hugely invested and also there there's like nothing being demanded of you other than your attention, right? That sometimes by kind of taking away certain expectations, it, it can make you more alive to, to other possibilities. It's funny that movies can be immersive, but at the same time, they're not immersive experiences. It's it's really interesting. I remember being in psychology for four years, you learn like all of the theories and all of these different ways in which people think. But I remember one thing where they were talking about how it's very difficult for the brain to try and distinguish what is real and what is fictional. So if you're looking at something that's happening and you have all of these cues that are saying like, oh, you know, this is a real setting and these are real people, even though like logically you know that they're actors. I think sometimes your brain still thinks like, no, this is really happening. And especially like in a movie theater, this I guess the screen is I'm looking at it right now, it's so large and it like it's sort of expansive and takes up your entire view. And so I don't know, I wonder if even just the setting of the theater itself is innately immersive. Yeah, and the movie theater too, if you become sort of a practiced moviegoer, it does, yeah, it does kind of condition you to focus and kind of tune your attention in a particular way. I think it will be interesting too to kind of, you know, for the flick, for people maybe to kind of walk in with that kind of movie theater kind of mental conditioning and then you know, the actual experience of the play is going to be something, you know, very different from watching a movie. <laughs> mm, yeah, and it's so true. And going back to what we are talking about, how the immersive performances are not always perfect. It's going to be interesting as well, because especially in this day and age where our attention, I feel like, is held for less and less. The fact there are some very long quiet times during the play where I think the audience will not only be having the lights on them and feeling that they're being watched but they'll also I think be made to sort of sit with what's going on in the actual movie theater even if the actors aren't actively doing anything that's mind-boggling or like a huge plot twist or anything like that. Yeah the audience is being invited to kind of think about the fact that they're in a movie theater and be aware of the space that they're in rather than being asked to kind of you know ignore the lighting and rigging and yeah normally when you go see a play you know the, the audience is being asked to kind of ignore the place where they're sitting and just focus on the stage but here you're being invited to kind of think about everything that's around you, you know, 360 degrees. Actually, I, I was thinking about this for the past little while, I think, because now like being more involved in immersive experiences and also being an avid film goer, I'm like, I wonder how much these two will eventually cross paths. So do you think there will be a time where audience members will demand for more immersiveness in the cinematic experience? Or do you think that people going to movies and being absorbed by the screen as they do now is as immersive as they will want? Um, 
let's see. I know there's been like, let's see, attempts made to like create like 4D. Well, not even attempts. I guess you know, like particularly like in China and elsewhere in the world, there's like 4D movie theaters Whoa. where you know <laughs> there's um, like water will like spray on you and you know wind. There'll oh be gosh. like wind fans <laughs> to kind of blow wind to kind of create more of the physical sensations of what you see on the screen and like odors will get pumped into the theater and then of course like vibrating seats and you actually you know in Toronto or no here in Kingston yeah there's like the D-box seats where you Mm. know with certain movies you know whenever there's an action scene in a movie your seat will vibrate in a way that corresponds with the action on the on in the film and um yeah there's all kinds of kind of different gimmicks that you know have people been experimenting with and they're kind of fun but whether they enhance, I don't know, to what extent they kind of make the experience more memorable or they really enhance your sense of immersion. Like if your seat's vibrating, I don't know if it actually connects you more with the action or if it just makes you aware that your seat is vibrating, <laughs> it makes you focus more on your seat and your physical environment and it kind of takes you out of the film. I know 3D, I know actually interest in 3D movie going has declined in the last few years that, you know, the kind of new wave of 3D kind of peaked and that there's been an increase in, in 2D ticket buying. 3D, yeah, again, it's something that I find, you know, sometimes for the first few minutes of, of watching a film in 3D, I'll kind of enjoy the extra texture and color on the screen, but then I'll forget about the fact that it was in 3D. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I find that as well. Half the time I completely forget and I'm like, oh, shoot. And you saying the thing about the vibrating seats and all that, that reminds me, this, this man, this is a while ago, so I guess this has been going on for quite some time, but I remember there are a few different attractions at Disney World where they have things like that. So I remember there was one, like, A Bug's Life, where you your seats would vibrate to make it feel like something is walking under them and it totally took me out of it because I was looking at my seat and I'm like oh my gosh there's something walking under it I totally missed like the next 10 (laughs) minutes of the play because I was checking to see if anything was under my seat so yeah it's like it's interesting like where the balance would strike between like making people more immersed and then actually actively taking people out of whatever they're seeing yeah and when you're experiencing something for the first or second time it's you know, often will have an impact on you, but it does that impact come because it's kind of the impact of just novelty and newness, like, oh, I've never experienced this before, so that's why it impacts you? Or is the impact because it's more powerful, right? Like you're being affected in some like higher, greater way. And yeah, and sometimes it, just, it, it takes time and experimentation for sorting out whether something is just simply kind of a fun novelty to try once or twice versus whether something is sort of a, a new, you know, powerful, impactful new tool for providing some artistic insight or providing entertainment to the audience. I think it also very much depends on what movie it is, because I remember actually coming here twice (laughs) to see um, Call Me By Your Name, and I think that was the most immersive movie I've ever seen, just the way that it was shot. It made me feel like I'd been taken out of Kingston, like plopped right in Italy, (laughs) because it was just shot so beautifully, and just, I I don't know what it was, like whatever they did, I don't really know cinematography as well as a you know, practiced film student but I was just sitting there I'm like whatever they did this is incredible <laughs> yeah. because I feel like I am right there with everybody else so mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe that'll be part of this new wave of making it more immersive just kind of refining the techniques to make the world in the film seem more prominent to the audience. I've been struck in the last few years watching certain films just at how you know beautiful the photography is how you know excellent the the 
cameras are and, and you know if a film is really well crafted and well shot it really can transport you to to a different place mm. yeah it's so true so to end it off and kind of where we're talking a little bit anyways we're going to take this a bit one step further so if you had this crystal ball and could look into the future of just immersive experiences as a whole whether it's theater or escape rooms uh, or even film what do you think is coming next for immersive experiences oh what's coming next Oh, I don't know. Although, you know, after that, kind of, I'll, I'll scratch and think. Well, you know, what's you know, what's downtown Kingston going to look like five years from now or ten years from now? The population density is going to go up downtown Kingston. A lot of people like living downtown. So, yeah, I do feel like maybe we will see more, um, you know, businesses or you know, ventures pop up that are you know a bit like escape rooms and restaurants. Actually, I mean, restaurants are you know immersive experiences, and I don't think we're going to see them go away. But I wonder if you know beyond kind of giving you know providing food, I wonder what other kind of places and spaces people are going to spend their time and money in in the future. Mm, that that's a really interesting point because I'm not sure if it's just like a millennial thing or if this is just a shift for everybody, but it seems like people are investing more time and money into experiences as opposed to things. So a lot of the time when I am talking to my friends and I ask them like, "Oh, what did they do recently?" It's not like, "Oh, I bought this great shirt." It's like, "Oh, well, I went to see this great film or this great theater piece or oh I just did this escape room downtown and it was spectacular and so I think that you make a really good point in that these sorts of businesses are going to keep cropping up and keep expanding and maybe even expand into other spheres as restaurants that would be so cool I know in larger cities like New York they already have things like that it's exciting to think about yeah there's some restaurants um like I went to one in Vancouver in Vancouver that are like you know, like all dark restaurants where you kind of eat in kind of like pitch black. Oh, I've heard about yeah. these. Yeah, and the servers will be people who are like blind or legally blind who are, you know, quite comfortable at navigating the space and, you know, taking people's orders and delivering food without having to be able to see. And it was a really it was a really neat experience. And I remember thinking like, oh, is this but is this something like a novelty like to go into this like, you know, pitch black restaurant? once and be like oh that's cool and never do it again but I would absolutely do it again and I wonder if we'll see more more things like that places where you're either adding some new dimension or you're stripping away a new mm -hmm. dimension to attune people's yes. um, focus I would imagine ways. that eating in that environment you'd become more hyper aware of your surroundings and mm -hmm. your senses did you find that eating in this restaurant oh yeah yeah you're, you're, you're trying to figure out okay well who else is here and you can kind of overhear con you know other people's conversations <laughs> and uh, and even with the food I ended up ordering a dish where it was like a surprise <laughs> or it's just like surprise me so oh, you're gosh. eating something and you don't actually well, know what it is and and I really I had to be told afterwards what it was that you know when I couldn't see it I was like oh this tastes good but I actually don't know what I'm eating. It was really surprising. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so cool. So yes, who knows? Yeah, we might see yeah, fewer dimensions or more dimensions. Like we'll have to see which one strikes a balance best or maybe both will for different audiences. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to see what happens. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Okay. This is awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening today. If you liked this podcast, be sure to follow Single Thread Theatre on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram for more updates on our upcoming shows and more information on all things immersive theatre. 